Desk of Lady Ada, it's phone hacking week. Phone phone fixing. Uh, it's me, Lady Ada, here at the Desk of Lady Ada, where uh, I'm helping Mr. Lady Ada with a project, which is we got this lovely payphone, and we have a VoIP box that lets us uh, hook it up so we can take phone calls, and that's all well and good. But what we want to do is have the audio from the telephone go straight into the soundboards that y'all can hear. It's when people call in, it's like, it's not just me listening, like you can hear it. And what we did last time is we just like taped a microphone to the um, earpiece, basically. And, and that worked okay, actually. It actually worked out like pretty well. Yeah, that's fine. Um, so the last set of, of audio calls we took was that way. But we wanted to do something a little bit more elegant. Um, also, yeah, so let me just do a little bit of a, a recap. So recap. Um, the other night we got the payphone working. Um, we did uh, a vo- voice over IP. Um, the box that we're currently using is a... Uh, well, where's the bigger one? Well, do you want to just show this? Yeah, so, uh, so... This is the box that we're using. It's yeah, going to be high. Why did you pick this one? Um, I picked this one because it additionally works with Google Voice. Yeah, as you can see from the... Yeah. And it, there's not every um, VoIP service works with Google Voice. Um, this was actually pretty difficult to configure anyways. But they make a couple different ones. Uh, this one is just one phone line. They make other ones that have and two. And you have like, a, sorry, you have a Ethernet, a yeah. 12-volt DC USB, which is like if you want to have it be like a file server. It's like also a file server and it deserves yeah. topping. And then your phone line. Yeah. And um, So you have that over there um, yeah, on the overhead. Yeah, this over here. Yeah, so just out of the box. so uh, just to get back to one of the things that we're doing is we wanted to take live callers on the air. Um, almost ten years ago, the video that's playing behind me is Citizen Engineer, which started Ask an Engineer. Um, this was like a half an hour series. We just did one, um, two parts. It was about uh, payphones and other type of hacking, like SIM cards. SIM card, yeah. So um, we Very wanted much. to revisit this project. So we have. Um, a payphone that we're working on for the Ask an Engineer shows on Wednesday, and then the one that we're hacking around here, we wanted to be able to see if we could have people call in. We gave away a Raspberry Pi uh, Zero wireless, and uh, it was in, it was pretty neat. And to get the audio out, we just taped a microphone so you can kind of hear. So what we wanted to do is figure out what other ways could we get the audio in and out of a phone that's a payphone that's also going over voice over IP. And so um, one of the neat things was watching uh, Lady Ada kind of take apart different devices that uh, yeah. are kind of like old school, um, you know, phone taps. And uh, yeah, we went, we picked up some phone taps from B and H. Like this is yeah. one, you know, basic. This is a very common design. If you look online for like phone tap <laughs> interfaces, what they do is they put a transformer in series or in parallel with the phone line. And you just, it just kind of inductively, um, you know, couples in, and then you can uh, get the um, the AC waveform out, which is the audio. Um, there's 
some good things and some bad things. The good thing is it's like really, really easy. You you hook up these and you know, and they they're really simple. Like this one is pretty much how a lot of them are done. It's like just a transformer. Yeah. And usually it's like a six hundred ohm um, modem transformer, but it actually didn't work out so well because one of the trade-offs of using these VoIP boxes is one, these VoIP boxes are really convenient. There's a lot of good reasons for it. One, we don't have to give away our home phone number. Uh, and like people, you know, we can turn off. Well, we don't even have a home phone number. That's, well, that's true. We don't have... E yeah. yeah. And but, this, but the problem is, is that these VoIP boxes, they're lovely, but they run off of 12 volt DC. And if you ever measure the voltages coming from like a phone central office, it's negative 48 volts, which is like the line, you know, the, the open, the on-hook voltage. And then the ringing voltage is like 90 volts peak to peak. It, it's pretty intense because these were meant, you know, this was designed back when it was like I had to go many, many, many kilometers um, and ring a bell, you know, all the way across the state. Um, so when you hook it up to a payphone, this actually doesn't provide 90 volts peak to peak. It actually provides like 45 volts. It's, a, it's okay, but it doesn't, yeah. because most phones don't actually have a literal bell. They have like a, you know, a piezo or something. Yeah, and what's interesting is, because we have a couple different payphones, um, when you use the voice over IP uh, systems, it might not be powerful enough to ring the bell. Like this bell rings. Yeah, barely. But the, but the, yeah, it, well, it rings yeah. loud enough, but yeah. the one in the office right now doesn't. Yeah. It needs, it really does it need, need it needs 90 more. volts. Yeah. And all it's getting is about, I measured it's about 60 volts yeah. uh, peak to peak. And or so, you know, one thing that um, is kind of fun is you can get a, a payphone pretty cheap. Um, there's usually people in your local area, there's millions of these, and they're indestructible because they're made out of payphone. Um, they were meant to be in cities and they, they're just everywhere. So there's a good chance that someone can find one and they're like amazing, magical, mechanical, electric puppets. And now we all have voice over IP. So combining all this is, is a really yeah. neat thing. And a lot of things are like a phone on a chip. So you decided to start hacking. Well, the th reason I couldn't use these transformer-based ones is despite them being like $5 and, and, and pretty wonderful, um, that 600 ohm impedance actually uh, drags down on the, um, on the VoIP box, like the voltage, it, it is current limited. Like it's, it's all digital, you know, it's just synthesized and there's current sensing and voltage sensing. And so that, that extra impedance, along with the, the payphone actually was dragging down both the voltage for voice, so like everything was really quiet, and also the ringer wouldn't go because it was, um, it was just sucking up too much current, you know, if it was in uh, parallel or too much voltage in series. There's two ways of doing it. You can do it in series or in parallel. Um, and uh, so we, we decided, you know, we had like two different transformer-based ones, and they, those didn't work. And then we had another one, which is like a radio interface for like people who actually do radio shows um, and it's like a pro interface yeah but the thing is it wasn't meant for use with real phones which makes sense because they don't well, they don't have real phones in a radio show they use headsets so yeah. there wasn't like you could hook up a phone but then the phone wouldn't work once you picked up it actually took over that voice interface yeah so let me explain like one of our <laughs> our, our weekend fun uh, project so our challenge was we have a physical phone a payphone that used to live in a world that there was more voltage. Then we have voice over IP, which doesn't have enough voltage. Then we have um, modern equipment that people use with old phone lines, but they're not meant to be using a payphone. 
and it pretends to be a phone, and it pumps out the audio and the um, it, mic it input. Needs, it needs to use and like it, a mic and headset. It and yeah, it's like a rack mountable thing. When I used to be a co-host at Off the Hook WBI over like twenty years ago, um, you know, the, there was there was a, a, a way to have phone lines come in and all this. And so there isn't anything that exists at all whatsoever for what we're doing right now. And this Which is... the payphone works as a yeah, phone. And, and this is why and, it's so much fun. And we're getting the audio out in a way. Yeah. Another, another thing, and so like, this is like the third thing. Because everyone's probably like, oh, you get a phone type of readership for five bucks. This is the third thing. The third thing is that the way the, that phones work is, is like kind of wonderful, but also like terrible if you actually want to extract the audio because you get a lot of like leakage of the audio from because it's all on one line it's it's a total awesome hack um but it's like one line and it's carrying both the microphone and the speaker voltage at once and so it's not separated i mean you can do dsp stuff to separate it but it's like kind of a pain so um actually getting that audio out is, is is not easy and that's why you wanted to get like professional box but again the personal box none of them would let us use the phone as a phone at the same time as recording yeah so. also not cheap and this is why um, learning electronics is so much fun because this is a weird problem that no one on planet Nobody earth has this problem. no one on planet no. earth right now is trying to get a very no. old payphone pumping into no. YouTube so we can use voice over IP so we can give away a Raspberry Pi Zero wireless later. Nobody and, else. And by the way, we will soon. So here's what happened. So we were really annoyed. And I was like, well, you know, let's look at what's in the VoIP box because maybe there's a way for me to get the audio from the VoIP box because, like, you know, I was like, if I'm lucky, there is some place I can grab it. And so we opened it up, and there's this chip inside. Can you go to the... Um Overheady, and oh, sorry, the, the copy. Yeah. And then this is the chip on the inside. It's the SI three two sixty. Looks like Labs. Pro Slick from Scilabs. Yeah. So maybe Scilabs will be uh, will be watching, and they don't actually release a data sheet for this chip, which is a little sad. Um, they don't release data sheets for any of their, um, I guess like phone line ICs. They have a lot of them, and I actually remember talking to somebody from Scilabs. They said this is where they made a lot of their money because they, they did a really good job, and they do. Like, this is an excellent chip, and using it as a VoIP box is awesome. But the really good news is that there's two chips inside. Um, there is, a, like, a processor, a Marvell processor, which is, like, you know, maybe, like, a, a micro Linux, I think. Like, it, it has a piece of NAND. It could be, like, running some sort of, like, a... Maybe not Linux, but, like, a VXware or some real-time operating system. But for the actual phone line management, which again is like on the order of 48 volts, you know, there's like, there's like huge negative voltage swings that has to deal with and ringing the voltage. That's handled by this chip from Scilabs. This is this, the SI32260, and they have a large number of them. And um, so the good news is that I, when I looked into this, I was like, okay, well, you know, what's, what's going on here? You know, here, here's the output, sorry. So on the outside, it's like, it runs two lines. That makes sense. This chip can ha handle phone line one, phone line two. Um, this particular one only exposes one phone line. Yeah, what's the question? Okay, so as you explored this, uh, PowerPiglet wants to know, is the voice over IP audio encrypted, or could you grab it with a packet sniffer? I can't, I can't talk about that yet. I know. We'll get there. Okay. I'm blurry. So... I'm so blurry. What? Sometimes I'm blurry. 
Never, you know, you're it's like a Nirvana video. Yeah. Whatever, never mind. Hello, hello. Payphone. Heart-shaped void box. Yeah. Okay. But here is the neat stuff. So there's SPI control interface. That makes sense. You want to, con you know, configure it. You want to set, um, you know, the audio quality or maybe the speaker volume or like DTMF tones or whatever. And then there's, you know, PLL. That makes sense. And then this is really neat. Um, there is a PCM interface, F-Sync DRX DTX. And later on, it also says up here, it does um, <clears throat> A-Log, U-Log, companding linear PCM. So PCM, if you remember, we talked about that when we talked about um, I2S microphones. So I2S microphones use PCM. It's digital encoding. So if you're encoding like, um, Eight sixteen bit audio, you would actually send one zero one zero for the bits uh, until you encoded, you know, the binary value. And then down here, we see you get the F sync, uh, P clock, data out, data in. So these pins here are the PCM interface. So um, I just hooked up some lines. You can go to the uh, overhead. I need to show off the lines really fast. So I just um, traced out those lines, and um, I'll get really close since the lines are very small. And then maybe I'll, what will I point with? I'll point with my Heathkit screwdriver. Um, oh, yeah, just uh, one side note. Um, yeah. I uh, saw that Heathkit had shirts, so uh, maybe on Ask an Engineer or during the week. Um, so far I've tried to buy something that Heathkit, the new version of Heathkit that uh, has been rebooted. Um, we have an article called the Heathkit Mystery. So we had bought a clock kit um, and, uh, no sorry, an AM radio. And the next one that, we also have a clock that we have to build. And then um, we bought a shirt. And there, it's a very mysterious story about Heathkit. So that screwdriver that Lady Ada, Lady Ada has is from, I believe, our uh, our kit. Our, we did a live build, so look in previous um, desk of Lady Ada's or asking engineers for that. All right, back to the show. Sorry. So yeah, so this is the this is the um, VoIP board. So this is the power supply. This is the Ethernet jack. This is that USB for like on the off chance you want to have it be doing data storage as well. And the phone line goes here. This is that Marvell chip. It's um, B. 8BE7800. It's I, I looked it up. It's some microcomputer, microcontroller. Um, there's some, I think, NAND flash here or some MMC flash. So there's some flash for this, like, you know, um, real-time operating system. Big power supply stuff. Not, not too surprising because, again, it needs to provide, you know, that lots of high voltages and low voltages, negative 48 and 90 volts peak-to-peak. Um, when it rings, and then that's the uh, ProSlick chip. So this is the chip that actually does the phone line, which is why it's next to the phone line. And um, this is a QFN, and this is a total pain in the ass to solder pads. I mean, you can <coughs> solder these pads if you want to tap them, but it, it's really annoying. So what I did is I just traced these back um, to get to the PCM interface pins here, and then I just used some Kapton tape to uh, secure them. So I, I basically tapped to um, the F-Sync line, the P clock line, the data out, and the data in. So those are the four, yeah, four pins. And then um, let's look at um, the oscilloscope. 
Um, so you can see at the top there is the um, uh, data clock. So that's just the the P clock, and that's running at um, I remember it was it was 256 times 8K. So hold on, let me calculate that. It was in about, it was basically two megahertz. It was running at like a little bit, you know, two megahertz, but megahertz in a binary, not like decimal. And then um, this is F sync. So it's a frame sync. That's what telling it, hey, there's data ready. And then this actually is, um, I'm going to connect it to a different pin. Hold on. Do we go to the overhead? No, 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 no. I just have to, uh, I have to get the right. There's just a lot of pins. Okay. So, yeah. So now I've hooked it up to, um, this is the data out line, I think. So you can see um, it, uh, the, the data is low. I mean, as soon as the F-Sync pin goes high, it pulses high. This goes low, and it goes low for 16 clock cycles. These are little clock cycles. This goes low for 16 clock cycles, and then you see that um, uh, slow uh, rise up. That's just it um, releasing the line, and it's slowly just through like a very, very weak pull-up. Um, so what's interesting is, is that it's, right now there's zero data, because there's, there's nothing happening. If I pick up the phone line, you can actually see true binary data being transmitted through it because the phone line's off the hook. And then, um, I'll, maybe I'll do a more detailed uh, video about like how I actually got all this data out and everything. But basically, there's PCM decoder chips, I'm sure, but I don't have one because this is the weekend. But I have a TC2, a uh, 3.2, yeah. and it's fast enough to um, get data from um, the the you know to sample the data at you know the the eight it's eight kilohertz, um, but you need to sorry no it's two it's two megahertz uh, clock and there's a, a frame sync every eight kilohertz which makes sense because like voice audio is four kilohertz so you just have to have something that's fast enough to to sample every two megahertz I tried a feather a feather actually wasn't fast enough because I have to kind of line up with the, the yeah. frame sync what's pretty amazing is we didn't plan on doing this project. But we had all of our Adafruit hardware, so we were able to cobble together something to get a 20, 30-year-old payphone working over voice over IP, using the internet to look up data sheets, using a teensy to get the audio out. Yeah. And then... Um, it wasn't even that bad. Today we were able to uh, get the audio going into the soundboard, and we're going to be doing a demo uh, shortly. But this is the input, so it's interesting is there's... there's transmit and receive. So there's actually two sets of audio and there's one that's like kind of the local loopback and then one that's the audio coming in over ethernet. So right now, since there's no phone line, I'm actually going to be listening or viewing only the audio that's coming in locally, right? Yeah, and let me, um, oh, before you do that, let me tell everyone another challenge. So we do this live show. So of course, um, we have to get the audio from the caller and we have to only pass that through, but the caller has to be able to hear Lady Ada and we have to be able to put this all together and not have any delays or anything having, weird. Having the audio separated is really important. That was a big deal. And I'll tell you another thing. There is a delay with VoIP, which which uh, does occur. So um, when people call, there's like a, it's like a quarter second delay. Like it's 200 or 300 millisecond delay. So if these mics are picking up my audio and we're piping in the audio, that's it's like it, it can get out of sync a little bit. Yeah. 
And because like when I speak and then when it echoes through the VoIP, it's like it's a little delayed. So you could get like a weird. I think you get a weird. Yeah, effect. and let me just you know of course talk about some future things. So these payphones are hardened, like literally they're like armored cars, and there's so much space inside of them. And you could put the VoIP box inside of it. You can yeah. put um, a Raspberry Pi Zero wireless and broadcast. Uh, we have a tutorial. Um, all sorts of PDFs, things like the Bill of Rights and the Constitution and every religious book ever, and it could be like a free Wi-Fi library all inside these hardened boxes, and you can make phone calls. So the idea that's starting to, to, to brew right now is what things could we do to bring people together and start this like social network of phones? Because we had um, 300 people try to call us last week um, while we were giving away a Raspberry Pi. Mm -hmm zero wireless so we thought this might be an interesting thing to to do all right so you did more well can you can you go back to the um you wanted computer? to show the uh yeah so now when i pick up the, the line this is showing the audio that the teensy is generating it's actually uh, printing it out and i'm also uh, generating it and you can kind of hear it also picks up my voice but that's the dial tone that you're that you're getting and this is the local loopback and then um Oh, you know, I should have uh, I removed that line. Um, so I think, so now I can hook it up to the other line, which is not this one. It's either this one or this one, but I can't remember. Do you want to call and we can we can test which one it is? Yeah, we'll do that right now. Because I was doing some testing. We'll, we'll try it on the other way. I don't know which way this is. Let me try this one. Get out. And then... Hello. Okay, Hello. so now... Oh, can you go to the computer? Yeah, sure. Sure. So now the computer is not picking up my voice, but when he speaks... Hello. Hello. You're seeing the audio come in only on his side which is kind of nice only me only me so we don't get like a, a double echo effect so that's kind of a that's kind of a thing i can now separate the transmit and receive audio just because i'm only listening to one pcm channel okay thanks goodbye goodbye and then um when he hangs up it actually goes completely silent which is also kind of nice and what's really interesting is when you when people call in right um where does it call in? There's like a weird modem blip, and I think it's a caller ID data or something. Like there's this like weird like beep. Shh. Like, We're gonna figure it out. I don't know what it is, but yeah. I, I mean, I'm thinking it must be caller ID or some other like. Yeah, if uh, anyone knows, um, we're gonna do some things later. But if anyone knows what that is, we think it's a data packet that says like, "Hi, this is uh, my phone number." Yeah. Because it's it's going over a VoIP network, so it might be sending different things. But I don't know. it's interesting. All right. So do you want to take a, a caller and give something away? What do you want to give away? I don't think anyone wants a giveaway. Does anyone want a giveaway? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. So, um, anyways, we're going to be talking about this project and more. Um, and uh, here's uh, some rules I want to set up. So, uh, if we uh, turn on the phone and we do these things, um, say your name, say where you're at. That way, uh, this is kind of fun. If it ever goes to voicemail, say something nice. We'll probably like just collect all the voicemails. But we're probably just going to do uh, a little bit of a, a random act of kindness. So, uh, for all the folks that are out there. Um, call ohm bit stab. First caller gets a Raspberry Pi Zero wireless. Okay, let's hope this this works. Let's we'll yeah, see what happens. 
So and they can people yeah, can the see phone that. number is ohm bit stab. See your voice in PCM. Yeah. Let's see how it goes. We have a caller. Yeah, see? You see that they, weird thing? Yeah, pick it up. Hello, this is the desk of Lady Ada. Hi. Hi, who is this? This is Michael. Hi, Michael, where are you calling from? I'm calling from Minnesota. Awesome, we love Minnesota. Yeah, I still live there. Yeah, it's, lo <laughs> it's lovely and it's extremely cold, so that's good that you're uh, watching videos and calling people on the phone instead of going outside. We'd like to give you something. What are we going to give away, Phil? It's a Raspberry Pi. Zero wireless. You're going to win a Raspberry Pi Zero wireless, which will keep you nice and warm. Cool. It's actually surprisingly warm here. It's like thunderstorming and Ooh. March 6th. That's weird. And we've had like tornado warnings today. Tornado warning. Yeah. It's really weird. Okay. Well, congratulations and uh, watch out for tornadoes. To win your Raspberry Pi Zero, just email support at adafruit.com. And uh, just say, hey, I'm, what's your name, Mike again from Minnesota? Yeah, Mike from Minnesota, and that's what you win. What do you think you're going to build with it? Um, you know, I don't know. Um, maybe I'll use it for a wireless robot project, project that I'm working on. That's I don't know. Idea. Yeah, it would, be, it would make a good wireless robot. Yeah. Your plastic pal, that's fun to be with. Okay, thanks. Yep. All right, cheers. Yep. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, so we do need to add a filter to the audio. We'll listen to it later. Yeah. Um, you could say hello. They didn't win, so go ahead and pick it up. Hello, this is Jessica Data, but you're not a winner. But you can say <laughs> hi. <laughs> this is uh, Jonathan from Miami. Hi, Jonathan from hey, Miami. Jonathan. How you doing? Doing great. All um, right. Just watching the show here. Sweet. Well, hello. Thank you for calling. It's a late night. We're also going to go to sleep soon. Yeah. All right, sounds good. All okay. right, sweet. Thanks, All right, for thanks so much. Later. Bye. All right. So uh, what we're gonna do is add some audio filters to this because this is yeah. This is actually the first time we've ever tried this live on air <laughs> with this setup. So let me actually explain why it sounds really scratchy. So that audio that's coming out is eight kilohertz, but um, I'm not filtering it at all so it's extreme like I'm getting like very blind disconnected stuff it's um, fun. yeah it, it's extremely uh, scratchy because you're getting that high frequency from the square waves like it, it's very square wavy um, so what I have to do is because right now I'm piping the audio straight out of the teensy DAC into the um, board so I'm getting 12-bit audio but you know it, it's like 12-bit audio but it's like 12-bit audio at 8 kilohertz so what I'm gonna do is um, Filter that, get rid of everything above uh, four kilohertz. I'll just probably use either an op amp filter um, so it's it's nice and clean, or maybe if I can get away with like an RC and a buffer, and then I'll pipe that in and it'll it'll sound a little warmer and nicer. Yeah, so that's uh, that's our next part of our project. Yeah, right to, now it's just on a breadboard. Yeah, and uh, this is the first time that uh, I'm aware that anyone's ever done anything like this because we're broadcasting on Periscope, Facebook. Twitch, YouTube, we're mm -hmm. doing voice over IP with Google Voice, and we're pulling the audio out, and it's going into a soundboard with Wirecast, and uh, we're broadcasting to thousands of people. Yeah. And we have an on-air Internet of Things sign, and we're going to continue hacking away at this so the audio gets a, 
uh, crystal crystal. It's going to get a little clearer. Yeah. I mean, right now it's at least separated. Like have not having to separate the the my voice from the receiver voice. The mic and the receiver having those separated is like pretty nice. Um, but the next step, yeah, if it was if it's possible to. <clears throat> um, you know the PCM the PCM data that goes into the the you know Scilabs chip. I might be able to replace that so I could take the audio from these microphones here and then PCM encode them and then pipe them in. Um, the only problem is I won't get uh, feedback audio. Like it'll be a little bit weird. But um, or I could just try mixing it in. I don't know. And then disabling the microphone altogether on the phone. Yeah. The other thing that we'd like to do is figure out if we can. Uh, pull that audio uh, s snippet that's maybe data and then, you know, broadcast uh, to the people that are running the show, me, the caller ID. <laughs> you know, that might be interesting. Well, we should probably just have the name maybe in the area code. R right, but I would be able to have oh, a little... Oh, you would I'll, see it. No, just me behind the scenes here. I was like, damn, that's me. <laughs> no, I wouldn't put the person's number. It would be so I could see where they're calling from because I could look at the zip, I could look at the uh, area code. Yeah. And say, oh, cool, 212, yay, New York, and I... I'll memorize a bunch of area codes, or I'll look yeah. it up and I'll be what's able the, to... What's the Minnesota area code? Uh, what was my area code in Minnesota? I want to say it started with a six. Like, man, I can look it up, my old number. Let me see if I can find my old... Everyone uh, wants to know what the... I think it was... I wanted to say it was a six. I think it was like 612. 612 six, sounds right. That was my old... I had a 612 phone yeah, number. I think yeah, I so. All right. All right, so that's the show. That's my update. Yeah. Oh, could this uh, accept international calls? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, sure. And then, yes, we're going to be doing a rotary phone. Um, I do have one other thing. Can you hand me the, that clear phone there? So this also means that there is an entire community of people who collect all sorts of weird and interesting old home phones. How so, many millions of these Radio Shack phones? So this is a clear Radio Shack home phone. We'll, we'll show it on the overhead in just a second. But one of the other neat things is you don't need a pay phone to do this. You can get any of those weird phones. And when I grew up, there was always like, if you subscribe to this magazine, you get a football phone. Um, so there's a lot of interesting phones that are out there that are basically sitting around doing nothing. So uh, maybe put this on the uh, overhead. And uh, it's kind of neat. This is a Radio Shack phone. And, uh, you know, it's clear. And uh, you could see how the phone works. So we'll be uh, using this for some fun projects as well. Uh, does it have a date on the uh, the bottom of the phone Tandy. there? Tandy. Tandy. <clears throat> Tandy Corp. Serial number one seven nine eight three, but I don't see a date. Kind of hard to see. I mean, I'm sure there's a date code somewhere, but yeah. Uh, so cool you know, it's like it's a single-sided PCB. Yeah. So you know, every every young person now has a cell phone, but there's something special about having that Snoopy phone that that Snoopy phone. Yeah, there's a Snoopy phone. I know. Yeah. I so this I might. There's like neon bulbs and stuff. Yeah. So we're gonna Absolutely. we're gonna play around with some of these old phones. We have some rotary phones, and then of course we have. Uh, Phona, so we can make a rotary cell phone. Yeah. There's all sorts of things. I will say with the Phona, it's very easy to extract the audio because the audio comes out as um, receipt. You know, you get mic, mic or line in and line out. 
Um, the problem is, is that cell phone quality in general is, is worse, and it's just it's just tougher. Like you have to deal with signal quality, whereas um, with uh, landlines or VoIPs, it's like you know. I mean, of course, it, it sounds all staticky now, but once it's filtered, it sounds really good, and you don't get dropouts and you don't get like you know weird like audio fluctuations. Like it sounds much better yeah. than um, than uh, than cell phone. I mean, it's it's like 16-bit PCM audio. I don't even think it's compressed that much. I mean, if it is compressed, it's not lossy, I don't think. Okay, that's it. That's the uh, Descaladiata Hacking Edition. We'll have Yay. some other shows uh, this week. We have Show & Tell, Ask an Engineer, and we're going to continue to show some cool phone hacking. It's Phone Hacking Week here at the Descaladiata. As always support cool programming and shows like this we don't have loans or venture capital because oh. they would probably have a big problem with us hacking phones and not maximizing profit on human capital turns out rough you can be a good business and a good cause all at the same time all we ask is pick up some electronics at adafruit.com keeps us going do you know how many void boxes they've broken and taken apart <laughs> we have like three different yeah, yeah. That, interfaces. That's my um, Radio Shack tone dialer from like a couple decades ago. It's one of my few possessions that have somehow Bleep. stuck with me. Yeah, can you, can you hand it to me? Um, yeah, that's what it sounds like. Yeah. All right, so that's it. Night, everybody. Good night.